Broadcasting live from Manhattan, or New York City. It's Matt and Brett Love Comics. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Brett, who is in Queens. You are in Queens. Neither of us are actually in Manhattan. No. This is Matt. I am in Brooklyn. We are representing two of the four boroughs that aren't the one we specifically referenced. This, but the podcast will be posted from Manhattan, though. From Inwood. That's true. That's true. It'll be uh, posted... Uh, hot and fresh to your podcast feeds from Inwood, which is a uh, burb of Manhattan. Burgeoning burb. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ben, uh, ben moved up there from Chelsea just last year. Yeah, and he took all of the Thai restaurants with him. They're all still in Chelsea, too, but now there's a bunch in Inwood. Oh, really? Yeah, I had. Uh, yeah, I went up there a couple weekends ago when, when we did the Ninja Turtles episode. So yeah. behind the scenes of that, afterwards, we went out and had... Thai food, and then went and ate at one of their two fancy, weird yogurt places, frozen yogurt places, Uh of the million new franchises that opened up in New York City. My lord, it was just Red Mango and Pink Berry for a couple of years, and in the last few, it's just exploded. There's... Is 16 Handles Froyo, or is mm-hmm. that just ice cream? Yeah, 16 Handles is the other, because there's like the pink berry red mango model, where they yeah. pump it for you, and you pay for predetermined sizes. And right. then there's the 16 Handles, uh, whatever the heck was up in Inwood model, where they get you by the ounce. Like beets by the pound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dessert by the pound. <laughs> the place was, you know, remember that um, SNL sketch that Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph, the Noonie? Oh yeah, Nuni. yeah. It the like yogurt shops look like that, like this weird, yes. vaguely like this weird like Euro, uh, immaculate weird super modern confusing <laughs> design, uh, like looks like that was playing uh, was was streaming I think Teen Titans, what or on the Netflix on the TVs while playing like banging dubstep club songs. Oh, of course they would. Yeah, on that, a, that, that makes sense. On a Saturday night. It's like, I don't know who you're... While while serving children. So it's like, I don't know who your target audience is. It's Great all point. over the place. Uh, yeah, uh, Matt and Brett Love Comics is the comic, is the podcast where we talk about frozen yogurt. Yeah, as it, as it implies in the title. I yeah. thought it was straightforward. <clears throat> this is our first uh, regular talk episode in a while. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing a lot of movie reviews and then comic... Reviews. Uh, I had a really great time talking with Elena about Days of Future Past last episode. Yeah, totally delightful person. I'm glad I got to hang out with her some more. Yeah, I like too that the movie the movies actually instigated a few of our non comic reading friends to ask me about Days of Future Past and when it happens in the comics and stuff. And yes. now we can be like, well, you could read it or you could listen to this. Read it and then listen to this. Yeah, yeah, little column A, little column B. That's so, yeah, that's really good. Um, and there's a lot more, uh, I don't know, I'm always down for when more people get interested in Chris Claremont X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> All of its nuttiness. Uh, I've been listening to the awesome podcast, Rachel and Miles Explain the X-Men. Okay. Um, where I, by Rachel Edidin, who writes for Wired and other publications and then uh miles stokes are the hosts and it is amazing ming doyle did their podcast art oh, awesome. and it is a it's a riff on the uncanny 137 cover of 
Cyclops and Jean Grey backed into a corner on the moon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, so this, they're on episode, I think, eight, and the newest one was the Chris Claremont. They just now got to the, basically, issues 94 through 101. Oh, exciting. So they're going chronologically. Yeah, the first, like, the first two episodes were about, like, Silver Age. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the third one, like, Days of Future Past came out, so they immediately just, like, talked about Days of Future Past and kind of the X-Men movies. They also did an episode with Chris Sims about the cartoon series that have come out. Oh, yeah. Um, and then la- episode before this, they talked to Greg Rucka about Cyclops and the Starjammers. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, both both the Claremont episode that just came out and that Greg Rucka episode got me choked up on the subway. <laughs> yeah. God, that, that Cyclops series is so good. I am... That comes out this week. Yeah, it does. New issue, and I'm hotly anticipating that. Hotly. Yeah, it was really cool hearing Greg talk about that on the amazing, again, Rachel and Miles explained the X-Men to keep plugging someone else's podcast without them asking. <laughs> but it was really cool because Greg was talking about how it was Bendis that recommended him to write the book. Really? Because he said, like, you have a 14-year-old son, I think this pitch. Because it was like editorial came up with the concept, uh-huh. and they were, like, trying to figure out writers and... Bendis was like, Greg would be perfect for this. He has a 14-year-old son. And that's what Greg said, is like, he has no interest in writing the adult Cyclops because what is there left to write, you know? Yeah. And Bendis is already doing that. So young Cyclops was like an interesting thing to him. So yeah, it was a really good listen. I would recommend everyone listen. Also to hear Greg Rucka's thoughts on Kitty Pride. He loves her, and I love that he loves her. That's awesome. (laughs) Greg was great when we talked to him at Heroes Con last year. He's incredibly insightful and very, very knowledgeable and intelligent. He articulates himself well. <laughs> and I just, I, I liked his writing before, before we ran that panel. And afterwards, I just like fell in love with everything he does. Yeah, he's and very, I, he's very purposeful. Like every line of everything he says and writes, even like his Tumblr posts are so, you know, just crafted so well and just get right to his point. And I, 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 I love him. He's great. The, the research that he does just for Lazarus alone. Poof, and, yeah. And the back matter that he... The back matter and, like, the world building... I hate that term. The world building that he does... Let's look at Earth... Like, have a timeline in the gutters for a while. Earth now, scoping? We call it that? Earth... Earth scoping? World building? We'll call it Earth scoping? Or... SimCitying, SimEarthing? Earth, earth planning? Playing yeah. SimCity. When Greg uh, plays SimCity... Yeah, when, when Greg plays SimCity with his comic books, it's it's incredible. And then the, the level of knowledge and the intelligence that he has whenever he will... Before he launches into answering letters, he'll be like, oh, did anyone read this article? Yeah. And it's some insane bioengineering article about the future <laughs> of aeronautic test tube exploration and i just i read it and i'm like you're on you're on a completely other level for me yeah i have a hard time getting through the new york times (laughs) (laughs) he's got hobbies yeah man i don't know where he finds the time god bless him yeah his his kids on top of writing all of this incredibly detailed beautiful work oh boy yeah, I yeah. Let's talk about time management. <laughs> no. Yeah. I hate time management. 
No one thanking you. <laughs> uh, I have been rewatching the X Men cartoon though from the beginning. Yeah, you you kind of just fun. launched into that on your own. You've been really excited ever since it popped up on Netflix. Well, I, I don't even know if it's on there anymore, but I have all the DVD box the DVDs, <clears throat> which I love. But I'm right. watching it in a chronological order. Oh, yeah. Because they were aired ridiculously out of order post-Phoenix Saga. Oh, I, rem- oh, I remember that. I remember yeah. being real upset about that. Yeah, because in Season 5, like, Season 3 is Dark Phoenix Saga. And it isn't until Season 5 that you see, like, the episode where the X-Men all grieve Jean Grey. And at that yeah. point, she's already been back on the show for, like, a season and a half. So you're like, where'd this come from? Right. But watching them in order, it makes... So much more sense, and it's you know it's it's really cool to to do it that way. I yeah. recommend everyone do that if you want to track down DVDs on Amazon. So what what's your? I know it holds a soft spot in your heart, but objectively, how does it hold up to you? Uh, season one is unimpeachable. Uh huh. Period. Season two is a little bit less so. Um, season two is good. Uh, it's enjoyable. I personally, I still really like the runner of Professor X and Magneto in the Savage Land. And I'm always a sucker for, I mean, that two-part finale of season two is all the X-Men going to the Savage Land and losing all their powers. And getting, like, Mr. Sinister, you know, has them, and he's gonna kill all of them. And then all of a sudden, they all get their powers back, and it's such a good flip. Yeah. It's such a good table turn. I love that. Um... And then three is great. Well, the Phoenix Saga is great, and the Dark Phoenix Saga is great. Um, three is wonky just because a lot of those episodes aired out of order. So when you're watching them in order, uh, you get va- vastly different animation styles. And I will, I think the animation gets worse as it goes on. It does, and I think part of that is because of time constraints. Well, there's a weird... Yeah, there's a weird... Uh, because the end, like, like people, time people dog on the animation from the first season, but it, I don't know. There's something more fluid about the latter season's animation, fluid and weirdly shiny. Um, that doesn't work. There's there's kind of a weird darkness to the X Men look of season one and two, yes. and sort of three. Like, it's kind of drab and weird, and I think that fits. And maybe, I think, in my opinion, it helps sell the stories as being a little bit more, more mature. Uh, latter seasons, they're, they bounce around. The animation is way too, like, motion-y and weird. And everyone has all these weird highlights and shine on, like, their skin and their hair yeah. and stuff. Uh, it's, it's really weird. Like, the... Like the um, the Iceman episode is very shiny. Or like, No Mutant is an Island is very, yeah. I don't know. This is where I'm at. This is what I spend my time doing. <laughs> no, it's fair. I asked. I wanted to know what you thought. The yeah. reason I asked, too, is I was a hardcore Transformers fan. Yeah. Growing up, I was a huge G1 guy. I was very... Very sad when it was gone. It was a huge part of my childhood. I continued to be obsessed with Transformers, even after it, after it went off the air, into what was Generation 2, which is essentially 
uh, re-releases of the characters with new paint jobs and plastic instead of metal parts. Yeah, that's when I got it. That's when I started getting all those figures. You know, I still, I collected the Marvel series up until its cancellation. I was one of like ten people that read those last issues, which were really good. When did it get canceled? 91. Oh, so G.I. Joe outlasted it for like four years. Oh, no, 92. It was... No, it was 91. It was ending. I remember buying issue 79 the same day I bought issue 67 of X-Factor. Mm. The the next to last issue of the Wills Portacio Claremont Apocalypse Story. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know why I remember. Why do I remember those things? Uh, why do I remember those things? I don't know. That is, like, I feel like I could look... And every comic book that I still have from, you know, that time period and tell you where I bought all of them or where my mom yeah. bought all of them. I don't know why. Yeah. There were a bunch. I shouldn't be able to. There are swaths of the last two months that I don't remember. Oh, yeah. But I remember where I was when I got, you know, X-Force issue 2. But I remember exactly where. I think I was at a flea market. I think Absolutely I got that in the flea market. Like I, I have, I've started actually trying to read all the recap pages. Oh yeah. Because I do wonder who reads those, and I, I start to now because I can't remember what happens issue to issue. The like the older I get, the less I can remember. That's oh, horrible. Yeah. Well, you have more going on. I think that's what it is. We have, like, I know your schedule, and I know my schedule, and. We're, we're, we keep ourselves bug nuts busy. Yeah. And because of that, we wind up losing track of, you know, where was I again? That's why, by the way, I got off tangent, I got on a tangent from Transformers, but I don't really want to talk about how sad I was when I revisited the series and found out that it's not great. Oh, then, well, I'm also rewatching G.I. Joe. Yeah. Well, there and... are some great episodes of G.I. Joe. There's some good well, Paul stuff in there. See, in my Every episode of G.I. Joe is great. It's just they're not not great in the same way <laughs> that I remember. Okay. Fair, like, point. Fair point. Like, when I was a kid, I always thought the G.I. Joe was a hard-hitting drama, and that's how it stayed in my head, crystallized or whatever, preserved in amber, <laughs> right. until, I, until the first G.I. Joe movie came out, and I bought that first box set that had the first two minis on it, and I rewatched them. I was like, oh, this is insane. Yeah. <laughs> like I just watched an episode from season two this past weekend called I think it was Cobrathon where Cobra is sells cable boxes to all the terrorists of the world so that they can beam you know programming into the homes of terrorists and they yes. need to raise like billions of dollars for their new laser so they have a straight up telethon. Yep, it's great. <laughs> uh, it's not as dramatic as I thought it was, or even as action-packed. It's just goofy and insane, and I love it. Yeah, I, you know what burned in my brain was... There, there was a... Uh, there was a two-parter where they wound up in an alternate reality, and it was yeah. focused on Steeler. <clears throat> and it was... I believe that was his name, because I think I got really excited about him being Steeler. <laughs> but it's really dark and goes into a completely different timeline where, like, most of the Joes are dead. Yeah. And it's, like, it's really jacked up. Um, 
that they were so I think there were definitely like periods of darkness and then there were episodes where you know Cobra builds a fun house yeah and the G.I. Joe's fight candy yeah <laughs> well and even both of those movies were on the dramatic side indeed it's like you know like G.I. Joe and Transformers the movies were very dark well what are you gonna what are you gonna do though hire hire the rock and make him run through a bouncy castle oh well, I, I meant, like, the cartoon movies. Oh, oh, no, the cartoon movies. Well, the thing with that was, they that was a purposeful edict. Like, originally, Transformers was the first one to be produced. Yeah. And there were three, there were three properties that Hasbro had in development with Sunbow Entertainment. It was, it was Transformers, G.I. Joe, and the Care Bears movie. And ah. they wanted to go... They wanted to go serious with them, and when was it Nelson Shin turned in the script for Transformers the movie? They uh, they were like, oh shit! All right, well, Hasbro's gonna tell us to make all these changes, and then Hasbro said, can you make this darker? Uh, <laughs> can, can you kill Optimus Prime? And they because they also wanted to introduce a new generation of toys and wanted it to be like a clean break, yeah, between the generations. And that's when production side got really excited and were like, okay, we can do this. And they, they turned it into what they turned it into. And they really thought it was going to be a hit. But what happened was there were, you know, critics hated it because it was in an era. The critics of the era were still used to a time when before. Okay. So another another reason that we had cartoons like G.I. Joe and Transformers and the Care Bears and such that were sort of built off of a toy line, because that's exactly what they were, was yeah. because governmental regulations on what could be advertised to children became lax at the beginning of the Reagan administration. So you were basically allowed to, yes, make an animated series that was a pitch to sell toys to children. Yeah. So that was a very different world. But by the time these shows came out that we're used to because we grew up with them. Yeah. The critics at the time were not used to that. So they thought it was crass and disgusting and commercial. So when Roger Ebert reviewed Transformers, he gave it one star. He should have. Like a two-sentence <laughs> review that was like, this is a crass, commer- a crass, violent commercial to children. And it's just, it's stupid. That's basically what his review was. Yeah. So the reviews came out and trashed it, and then parents took their kids anyways, and kids were horrified by the film. They were crying because it's crazy. Uh, Optimus Prime was murdered in front of them. There's a weird Weird Al song. Yeah, it was. I loved it. Even as a kid, I loved it. I was sad, but I was on what I like to call an emotional roller coaster ride. My dad fell asleep. I had never been so engaged in a movie in my life. Yeah. When that happened, uh, Hasbro went into a panic because the Transformers movie, I think, only maybe made $5 million in theaters. Adjusted for inflation, I think it's still considered a flop. Yeah, yeah. But they went back and G.I. Joe... So long story short, Care Bears was the second one to come out and they like immediately curtailed the marketing... Because it was sort of dark, too. There was nothing that they could do about it in its production cycle. But G.I. Joe was still in production. So they went back, 
and gave them these massive rewrites when it was already too far in. And we wind up with, you know, throwaway, like throwaway off-camera vocal track announcement of Duke's out of his coma. Yeah, Duke's going to be A-OK. Yeah. Because <laughs> a snake eats his heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like... A snake goes through his heart and pink liquid. The best they can do on a children's, yeah. uh, in a children's animated movie. Uh, it bursts from his chest. So they wound up not even releasing G.I. Joe in theaters, if I'm not mistaken. Now they, they cut it up into five parts and ran it Monday through Friday. Yeah. With Sergeant Slaughter uh, bumpers. Love those bumpers, man. Was there a season of Transformers after the movie? Yeah, there were There were actually about 36 episodes, I think. With Rodimus Prime? Yes. Which, so, wait, did Hot Rod debut in the, G, in the Transformers movie? Hot Rod debuted in the Transformers movie. There was initially, there was initially a plan to release an OVA, which stands for Original Video Animation, in Japan called Scramble City. Now, Scramble City was basically supposed to be a two-part bridge animation between the original series and the movie, because the movie came out basically a month after the last episode of the generation one episodes aired. Uh, it really, it came out that summer and generation one had ended that, that May or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, so there, there, there was a script written for it and there was animation that began to happen with it. It was, I think three quarters produced or the first episode was completely produced and it ends with it to be continued. And then there was not another one produced because of how it turned out, how the actual box office turned out for the mm. series. So there is a second episode of it based off of what I think is the original. I don't know if they had a scratch track or maybe there was the script available, but people used stock footage and their own like stop motion animation of characters to kind of complete the second episode. Oh, it's insane. It's insane. So, so anyways, yes, there was a second season in America. There was a miniseries called Five Faces of Darkness that is poorly animated. Like, the, the animation for all of the post-movie stuff is, is really bad, save for maybe four episodes. Call of the Primitives is one where it was... It aired towards the end of the run, and it's considered like the best animated episode of transformers ever it's basically an anime wow but it's the only one that ran that way uh the rest of it is is really poor like i said save for a couple of episodes that are on the level of the original generation one stuff and those so those aired and then they brought optimus prime back and then they decided that they were going to try to do... Now, they, here's where Transformers timelines get weird. Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, so they finished They finished that run, and they bring Optimus Prime back, right? Now, the United States production side for Hasbro commissioned a three-part miniseries called Rebirth. And this is what's considered the fourth season. It's poorly animated. It's The, the script is insane. And basically, it was just a way to introduce new types of Transformers to the series that they could focus on instead of 
the older characters. It's terrible. It tanked immediately, <laughs> and they closed they closed the doors on production on Transformers in the United States. However, there were an additional 26 episodes of a Headmasters series produced in Japan that were my white whale for decades. And thank God for... Uh, thank God for YouTube, because someone uploaded all of them and, uh, and subtitled uh -huh. on YouTube. And I finally was able to see them a few years ago. They're not bad. Uh, the problem with them was that the masters were lost in a fire or a flood. <laughs> and they don't exist anymore. So anything that exists for them is based off of like other people's VHS recordings of it. Uh. So the, like, like the, the, the master tapes are gone forever. Even the releases, I think, in Japan were off of second-generation transfers. Uh, and this, so this, so this 26 episode series, it, it, it goes off on its own, con own continuity. is vastly superior than what they wanted to do in the states. Uh, it spawns two or three other series that go far into the future and involve characters that you've never heard of in the states, and has its own continuity that wound up playing out. In the early '90s, I think in a series called Transformers Zone, Jeez. I think that was the last one. There's so much crazy shit with Transformers. With I did not understand that until I like some of my friends in high school were obsessed with Transformers, and yeah. they would tell me like they were obsessed with Beast Wars because that's when I was in high school was like Beast Wars time, Beast right, Wars right. the Beast Machines. And I just, I just thought Transformers was like a cartoon from the 80s that was on for a little while. And then, you know, I mean, there's been a bajillion cartoons over the last over the last decade. You know, mm -hmm. I've been trying to watch... I've been watching uh, both Batman Brave and the Bold and Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. To try and, you know, to see some new stuff. And I think they're both good. I don't care what anyone else says. I, I respect... I completely respect what they're doing, and I totally understand what they're doing with Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, I watched the first season, and it just wasn't for me. Yeah, like, but it's gonna. What I love about it is it's going to introduce a new generation of kids to Spider-Man in a way that is going to make them feel. I yeah. think the way I felt about Spider-Man when I was a kid. So I'm okay with it. Oh, definitely. And also, I love that uh, that cast is great. Like, yeah, White Tiger, yeah, Nova. Iron Fist, Power Man, like that's, yeah. that's great. And, I love and Clark Gregg will show up as Agent Coulson. Yeah, he's in like he's been in every episode I've watched so far. Yeah, I I don't know. And also, I've also watching X Men. I've become very. I've noticed just how tight of a vice grip uh, with the FCC or no uh, standards or practices. Basically, the Killjoys, <laughs> yeah, the no fun havers had on the X Men writers were like. You know, no one really ever throws punches. You'll notice that, like, Rogue hits people with things or pushes them. You know, yeah. like, uh, you know, Gambit's Gambit's playing cards never connect with anyone. They always land at their feet. Uh huh. You know, like things like that. So when I watch Ultimate Spider-Man, I'm like, no, they're actually fighting. These, yeah, these are yeah. actual animated action sequences where 
characters actually do hit and kick each other. Um, yeah. So I, I respect them for, you know, they, they don't pull any punches. Oh, especially, Literally. Especially Clone Wars. Holy crap. Oh, Star Wars The Clone Wars? Yeah, oh boy. Yeah. That show is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I'd, I'd rented that from Netflix Blu-ray by Blu-ray a few years ago. Oh, wow. It's, I am so impressed by that series. Yeah, I, I just... watch stuff like that, and I think to myself, man, if I were a kid today, watch, I, I can only imagine, yeah. because the people that are producing that grew up with the stuff we grew up with, and in some cases, grew up with the stuff that was a generation before us that we would watch and say, ugh. Yeah, so like... I can only imagine how great the imaginations will be of the kids that are watching this now and oh, what yeah. they come up with next. I'm also I'm watching a Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. Right, is that what it's called? Such good things, yeah. yeah I hear it's such good things about it's that. It's really good too. Uh, they're all really fun shows. Um, yeah. Because yeah, when I I'm trying to think of like '60s and '70s cartoons. I love Scooby Doo. I, I I was obsessed with Scooby Doo, but there aren't a lot of other '70s cartoons that I'm into. I think. Yeah. I liked. I loved Scooby Doo as a kid. I loved the old Scooby Doo mysteries. Like basically any iteration of Scooby Doo, I was into. I was super into Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo. Yeah. I don't know. There was a weird. Uh, there were. Well, I mean, when the movie came out, but before the movie came out, there was a huge Scooby Doo resurgence in like nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety eight. Uh huh. Um, and I got swept up in that hardcore. I mean, I watched it all the time as a kid, but I. Watching these Mystery Incorporated episodes, I was remembering, like, yeah, when I was a freshman in high school, I made a Scooby-Doo movie. Like, a home uh, movie. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I think it was, like, ten minutes long. Uh, I was Shaggy. My Scooby-Doo stuffed animal was Scooby. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird... Amazing. It's a weird little movie that I made on my VHS camcorder. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but I was like, yeah, I was in high school, and I was like, I had Scooby-Doo, like, little, like, uh, little figurines that don't move. What are those called? Like, PVC figures. Oh, PVC figures, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would watch the mayor. I had the Scooby-Doo soundtrack that, like, Rhino released. Yeah. That had well, all those know, original songs. You know why all that happened, right? I mean, it was just, it was the, it was the 70s nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the cart, because, like, that's when Cartoon Network I guess really exploded on that because I was obsessed yeah. with Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Oh God, God, I miss that show so much. It that, hurts. Yeah, that and Cartoon Planet. I loved those albums. This is oh all the- man, brag! I like coffee. <laughs> I this neon coffee. What are you doing? 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 That was my favorite one, obviously. I liked, um... Uh, what was the... They... Wait, oh, what was the Zorak song that was, uh... uh maybe because I'm evil. Why is that so bad? Like, oh, fuck. Oh. Yeah. oh, yeah. Let's just have the podcast of us just trying to remember Space Ghost songs. Oh, uh, <laughs> man. whole other episode, right? Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Craig Rowan's great podcast, It's That Episode, had um, one of the Space Ghost 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 writers on, I think. Oh really? Yeah. I um I opened for a guy in Youngstown ten years ago. You opened a present? No, no, I was I was the opening act for a comedian named Flip Orley who was on 
Space Ghost. He was an, he was on an episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Ooh. He was one of the interview subjects. We were we were hanging out in the back of the club, talking, and I didn't know him. And it was like a journeyman club, like you know, a small club in Youngstown that I used to uh, perform at a lot. And I asked him, I was like, so what do you, uh, you know, do, do you have anything else going on? He said, well, I'm a bit of a magician as well. I can do some stage tricks and stuff like that. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Do you, uh, have I seen your stuff anywhere? And he said, well, I'm, I've been on some TV and stuff. And he mentioned a couple shows I didn't know. And then he was like, oh, and then I was on this cartoon show once and I immediately sat up and I was like, tell me. <laughs> I said, oh, it's, you probably have, no one knows what it was. It was this stupid show on Cartoon Network called Space Ghost Coast to Coast and I went that is one of my favorite shows what was the episode what did you do who else was on it <laughs> he freaked out he said no one has ever wow. been interested in this when I told them wow I remember when I was a kid um, my sister her has like she had satellite at her house because uh, in Tennessee at least Cartoon Network wasn't basic cable at that point Oh, we didn't have Cartoon Network until, I think, two th- like, maybe uh, 2000. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, it was, like, it was definitely, because I definitely had it by, like, 97, 98, but I didn't have it in the mid-90s or early 90s, so I would go over to her house, and, like, it came on late at night, and late at night, I would be like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know, there's, uh, not to, like, n- nostalgize everything, but, man, I kind of do, I like that, that feeling when you first find a thing. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it is, and then you know, back before the internet, um, yeah. like you, you couldn't, you could not even figure out a context with which to place it in. Oh yeah, like we that. Did. Yeah. Oh. I was when I was eleven. We had just we we had just gotten Comedy Central in our area, and I, that summer I had a sleepover with some friends. We played uh, we played some Marvel RPG. Ooh. I, I, I insisted on being Cannonball. Wait, you could be Cannonball? Oh no! Oh, well, I can't recall. It was an ex- it was a new expansion too, for that time. And yes, mm. I remember specifically being Cannonball. Either oh. either my friend that was DMing just let me be Cannonball, and we figured out the stats, or I was Cannonball. I can't recall which. Oh, oh love it. Um, but uh, what I do remember was that. We, late at night, we were hanging out downstairs, eating pizza rolls, it's one in the morning, and I turned the TV on, and there's an old black and white movie playing, and uh, it looks like Godzilla, but it's not, and there's three silhouettes on the bottom (laughs) of the screen making fun of it, and we all got real quiet, and then we all started laughing so loudly, we kept waking my brother and my mom up. Yeah. And that was my introduction to Mystery Science Theater 3000. And it's one of those, again, one of those things where it's like that adrenaline rush of discovery and that adrenaline rush of discovery late at night when you're young where you're like, I'm the only person in the world that knows about this right now. Yeah, and I mean, that's how I, like, it was 1996 because I didn't start watching MST3K with the Sci-Fi channel Uh because we didn't have Comedy Central or the Comedy Channel until late 90s in Tennessee. Um, but I remember I was up late one night, and I think it was the I was like, oh, that's the creature from the Black Lagoon. 
Yeah. So I recognize that because I went through a tiny Universal Monsters phase for like, I don't know, a week. <laughs> I think I checked out a book from my elementary school library about un- the Universal Monsters and I was like, oh, these are all so cool. So I knew them. Yeah. And so I started watching it and then, yeah, I had a TV in my bedroom. So that was like every Saturday night at midnight. I think it came on at midnight. Came on at yeah. four in the afternoon, and I think again at ten. I think it was like ten, ten or midnight. I think it was like four, ten, and then again at two. It was like, yeah. Um, there were some Saturdays where I watched the episode twice in a day. Oh yeah, I did do, not do have. Do you remember Turkey Day? Oh, there were marathons. Is that what that there, was? There are Thanksgiving marathons that would have specific hosted interstitials. I love that. Did they do that on Sci-Fi or just on Comedy Channel? Comedy. Uh, it was uh, Comedy Central. Yeah. They did it for several years i think they may have stopped doing it right before it moved over to sci-fi because i always watched i always watched the x-files marathon on fx (laughs) on thanksgiving that was there that was fx's thing was x-files and so i would do that all the time you know have i told you this i'm i'm trying to get into the x-files i found a list of just the mythology episodes yeah I don't and know. I want to just watch those. It's like sixty episodes. I feel like I can commit to that. Yeah, but you're, I don't know if you're gonna be. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna be rewarding, because I, honestly, the mythology doesn't pay off. <laughs> I know. I know that. I, I, I'm aware of okay. that already. I was, and I was an X Files guy for a good two seasons, and then fell off. And because I'm a comic book nerd, I thought, oh well, if I've missed five episodes and like you couldn't catch up at that time yeah I couldn't possibly you know i i had that collector mentality of yeah, oh i can't jump back in what seasons like first two middle two no around was, the movie uh, 96 through 96 through uh the that's like four. Half of the season right after the movie and that's like seasons like five and six four four through six something like that yeah, nah, like, yeah i oh it's all on Netflix, which is good. Oh, yeah. I love... Because there are so, some of those done-in-one-episodes are just so good. Oh, yeah, and Vince Gilligan has... I've read lists about, like, the, the most awesome, weird Vince Gilligan X-Files episodes. Yeah. Well, I, I'll... <laughs> like, like the one that, uh... Where the, um... Where the two-faced boy, uh... Drapes housewives houses in like pesticide tents and then goes in eh, rapes them and impregnates them with his babies while listening to share and then all the women in the town start giving birth to uh weird two-faced babies um and side note the guy the the monster the 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 human with two faces loves peanut butter sandwiches (laughs) and the entire episode is in black and white and the episode ends with all of them going to a share concert. Like, it's <laughs> it's it's insane. Uh, yeah, I don't even. There's also the one where the goalie from is it the Big Green? Is that that soccer movie? Big Green. Yes, I think so. I, I didn't watch it, but anyway, the the soccer goalie from that movie. The, you know, like the chubby redheaded kid was in a bunch of mid '90s movies. He also yeah, might have, yeah. I think he was in Sandlot, too, maybe. He totally was. Um, he is a vampire pizza delivery boy. <laughs> what? And I think that is the episode with Luke Wilson, where it's Rashomon, where it, like, it's told from Scully and Mulder's points of view. And from Mulder's point of view, uh, I think, like, Luke Wilson has, like, fucked up teeth because, like, Mulder's jealous that Scully was, like, attracted to him or something. <laughs> 
it's great. It's great. It's such a great show. I love that show. Uh, uh. So yeah, I. Because, I mean, as a kid, I, you know, being a comic book fan, I was only obsessed with, like, the big, you know, the big mythology episodes and, like, the alien and black oil and stuff. But yeah. as an adult, I'm like, man, there's just a, something very delightful in these, like, stories well told, which I guess is also how my comic book reading habits have changed yeah, over time. Yeah, it's true. We, we definitely, I definitely feel myself becoming less tolerant. Although I'll say... I'll say that since I've got uh, since I subscribe to the Marvel Unlimited app, I'm going through a lot of stuff that I've missed and really appreciating it in a way that I wasn't able to before. Well, because I just t- couldn't afford to read the stuff. What years? What is this? Oh, all over the place. So, for example, the most recent thing that I'm reading, I'm finishing up Mark Miller's uh, year-long run on Wolverine. Oh yeah, uh, Enemy of the State and. I knew it was good at the time but I just didn't have the money for it yeah. and I really like it there are some there, there are a couple concepts in there that uh, as, a, as a nerd I'm like mm, I'm sorry I don't know that Wolverine would ever be okay with programming a sentinel for any reason <laughs> yeah but overall it's it's a great action thriller <laughs> like just straight up high octane action and the characters are pretty solid there's one there's one like serious plot twist that had to happen in the second half of the story that feels like it was out of left field and was not planned but it totally had to have been yeah uh i don't want to i don't want to spoil it if anyone ever gets to gets around to reading it and hasn't yet um if, if you have email me and we'll talk about it or facebook <laughs> message me um but and stuff like that, and uh, I just caught up on like, well, I caught up on Greg Rucka's Punisher run recently, which is much more recent. Yeah, I still need to read that. Um, it's it's phenomenal. Um, again, another reason why I love Rucka, bringing it back to that from earlier. Uh, what, what else did I blow through recently? Um, oh, I caught up. I mentioned this on the Jordan White episode, but I caught up on X Factor finally. Was oh, really yeah. satisfied with the ending of that. I've uh, been catching up on Deadpool. Been catching up on newer stuff. In fact, caught up on Uncanny Avengers, which I didn't realize is basically a continuation of Remender's. What, it, like we were talking previously about how Jim Starlin and like oh yeah, Engelhart would tell these stories across whatever book they were. That's yeah. what Remender's doing with these books at Marvel, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's uh, it, Uncanny Avengers is a continuation of Uncanny X Force. Definitely, I love it. It is, it is, right now, right now everything with the Apocalypse Twins is basically a sequel to the Dark Angels song. Oh, yeah, yeah. What what issue is the Marvel Unlimited up to right now? The death issue from November. Okay, because that's where I, I, I think I stayed on for another issue after that, and I just, I cut it loose after that. Yeah. I don't know. I personally love everything that I've read, and I'm hooked. I'm going to continue to read it month to month in the app. Yeah, uh, I, I might go back and catch up with it, because I mean, also, like, Daniel Acuna's art is phenomenal. Oh, it's gorgeous. The best, best work of his already amazing career by far. Oh, easily, uh, easily. And then he has nothing but great artists. Oh yeah. On that story, like he has Cassidy for the first four, which I mean, God bless them for getting even four issues out of him. <laughs> uh, and then, and then we have Olivier Coipel, 
and then Acuna, and then McNiven. Who does she spell him? Well, he has someone fill in in the middle there, and they were great. I can't recall. <clears throat> was it? Did Pacheco do an issue? No. It was. Make it go uh, to my database. <clears throat> Forget, but it was it, it was great, and then McNiven comes in for what four issues, yeah, and then something. it's Acuna again. Yeah, I, it was going towards. Um, I, I have a weird. Uh, this sounds so dumb coming after the Days of Future Past episode, but I kind of get turned off by alternate reality stories, which is sure. which. If you listen to the Days of Future Past episode, you're going to say that I'm contradicting myself, and yes, I probably am. <laughs> um, well, I think I. I guess for a long time it felt like Days of Future Past was one of the only ones. And then over the past, like, I don't know, 15 years, there's just a ton. Especially a ton right now. I mean, there was a time when, like, Jeff Parker's Dark Thunderbolts, or Dark Avengers was what it turned into. Like, that was going into, like, an alternate reality world while Age of Ultron was happening. And then Uncanny Avengers was going. It's like, there there are too many. It's almost like writers are like, you know what? I kind of want to not, you know, have all these events and other things factor into my book. I'm just going to do an out-of-universe out of story. <laughs> yeah, hey, we're going to cut out for a few months. We'll see you in a bit. Bye! Um, and in a way, like, even though I don't really give a shit about things tying into a larger mythos, I guess it's that exit strategy that annoys me. Yeah. That it's kind of like... I don't know. I, I guess, okay, I think I want... Uh, like, the, the story needs to... Ma- oh. It's such a weird... I can't even figure out what my line is, how to vocalize it. <laughs> There's like a... Um, Sorry, take your time. I'm fine with things not mattering, and the characters... As long as the characters aren't knowingly jumping out of their reality, and it's like very... It feels more winky. It feels more... I don't know, like behind the curtain. Like, we're doing it out of... I don't know. I can't even... This is why I'm contradicting myself. <laughs> uh, it's because I can't... Yeah, I just know, like, time travel and... Yeah, gets kind of annoying. Time travel can definitely get annoying. I do like, I do love alternate reality stories <laughs> so so much. But I agree with you that when, and I, it it may even be problematic for us specifically that we are we are still following several storylines across many books, and certain themes are coming up in them, and it burns us out. Yeah, like it's like I love ice cream, but if I eat ice cream five times in a day, I'm gonna hate ice cream at the end well, of the day. After we're done with this, I'm gonna be having my second helping of ice cream. Hello. Well, that's because your that's boyfriend true. home ma- it makes at home like the most amazing ice cream yeah. I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah, except tonight it's Mr. Ben and Mr. Jerry. <laughs> well, those I've, two mofos. I've no. fallen prey to the cores. Um, Oh boy. Uh, well, I think also because a lot of alter- alternate reality stories tend to be the you know, very similar and like this is a world where everything went wrong in this specific way. <laughs> like they're always they're always a, a dystopian apoc- they're, you know, apocalyptic type thing. You know, it's funny, and I I, do, I can't recall a time travel story where people get shunted into an alternate reality where things are better. But the people in the alternate reality wind up wanting to destroy those people because they come from a reality that's worse. That'd be fun. Like, 
if the X-Men of now travel to the future and everything's like awesome, but the X-Men of the future see them, they're like, no, no, you're going to ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want like, your drama here. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, to, uh, oh, are you, are you here? <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, so, like, the X-Men of now show up in an alternate now where everything's great. Basically the end of Days of Future Past. Yeah. They show up at that X-Mansion. And they show up and they're like, oh my god. And the people at the X-Mansion there are like, oh, well, it sounds terrible where you are. We have to go to your reality and stop it from happening. And they're like, no, 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 guys, we're okay. It's like, no. no <laughs> you sound not. horrible. It horrible. Like it... We have to stop this. It's for your own good. <laughs> god, that's what I... I mean, they play with some of that um, with all new X-Men plays with that a little bit because you have all, like, it's all these, like, fresh-faced teenagers coming to our, like, the the reality that we are reading month in, month out and have been yeah. is is the horrible future to them, which is a really, it's, like, cool flip on that dynamic. Oh, yeah. But also, like, reading, uh, what is it? I guess I'm also, like, rereading X-Men comics from, like, 1993. Part of me, I just, I kind of, uh, I want my X-Men to be friends again. I kind of, I like, I love where almost all the X-Men books are right now. I would love for there to just be all of them living at the mansion, just hanging out and being, like, you know, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for them to yeah. be fine with each other. Uh, yeah, it, it gets really... <clears throat> I'm really sad that that's <laughs> like mom and dad have to keep fighting. Yeah, it's yeah. Cyclops and Wolverine have to keep fighting. It's just sad, like the fact that we are like we're being robbed of all these great Kitty Pride Nightcrawler moments right now, mm-hmm. just because of you know a spat. Oh, <laughs> I agree. But I mean, all the books are really good, so yeah, it'll have to. Hopefully, change at some point because they've been riding. They've been riding this like everything's super, super, super horrible, and we're all fighting each other. Tip. They've been riding that for like eight years, mm-hmm. <laughs> like since House of M. <laughs> God, it's longer than eight years ago. It's like ten years ago, isn't it? House of M. Nine. Two thousand five. Yeah. It was. It was the summer I moved to the city. Because I think Civil War was when I moved to the city. Yeah. I can specifically remember there was a three month span when I when I had when I did not live with my parents while I was still in Tennessee. Like I graduated college and moved out with the intention of like I didn't know I was moving to New York. And so for three months I, you know, lived in a I lived in a two story condo uh that had two and a half baths, three bedroom, washer dryer, dishwasher, back patio, new building. What? Two stories, three hundred and twenty-five dollar rent a month. Where was this? It was in Tennessee. It was in oh, Murfreesboro. Man. Which I think about that now, and it's like, gah. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, but I, I, like, I specifically remember the comics I bought in that three month span. Like it was like all my comic book intake for those three months when I finally moved out, you know, and I was on my own for the first time. Oh yeah, my point exactly. Like we, like we remember these things. Like they're crystallized in our mind. That was Civil War. That was the start of uh, the Brian Reed Miss Marvel series because I was very excited about it. Yeah. Um, that was also, I do believe, when Mike Carey and Ed Brubaker took over. 
because I remember reading uh, an Ed Brubaker issue of Uncanny X-Men while I was interning at the News Channel 5 CBS affiliate in Nashville. That's correct. I was reading that at the uh, control panel for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I might be like reading an interview with Ed Brubaker or something about it. I don't know. <sighs> but, you know, I mean, I think, you know, we're, we also were forming new memories. Like, you know, five years from now, I'll be able to remember where I was when... You know, the new Miss Marvel series started. Yep. <laughs> Unemployed in my apartment. Oh, <laughs> Banished boy. in my apartment. <laughs> it gets better. They keep saying that. Yeah, it gets better. I did get the Black Widow figure finally. Oh, yeah? The six inch Marvel Legends movie Black Widow. You were hunting that for a while. Yeah, like I was, uh, yeah, I, I bid on, I think, 32 separate eBay auctions are you I, serious? I won the 33rd because i refuse to go over 30 bucks including shipping yeah hell yeah uh because that's retail like if you go to toys r us you're gonna pay 26.99 plus tax so i was like i refuse to pay more than 30 bucks including shipping so i got it for 28 dollars and 18 cents nice including shipping so congratulations that's, that's uh that feels like a win right <laughs> yeah it was fun um and now the uh the next line of marvel legends x-men figures are coming out I feel like, didn't we do a whole, did we, the episode we did with TJ about toys. Oh, man. he's going to hear this and immediately be like, yes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> did I get, did I get into my whole, like, X-Men conspiracy theory <laughs> regarding yes. toys? I can't remember if that was a thing I talked about before or after or during, but. I believe, I believe that we did. Yeah. So I'm glad they proved me a little bit wrong. There's a, there is a line of X-Men, there's like. A line of X-Men Legends figures coming out. X-Men Days of Future Past was great. Um, there's X-Men Lego sets coming out. It's exciting. I feel, it's an exciting time. I feel, like, happier than I have in a while. Yeah. X-Men-wise. Right. Ugh, X-Men-wise. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else, give or take. Yeah, um, have we ever, have we plugged Spider-Man Goes Suburban on here? We haven't really had a talk episode since then. No, we haven't. Uh, we haven't plugged that. Guys, I, I think I mentioned it at the top of an episode or two. Uh, but if we haven't yet, Brett and I are writers for a sketch group called Left Handed Radio. And we have a deal with uh, a company called Above Average Productions. They have a YouTube channel at above a- uh, youtube.com slash above average network. This is Lorne Michaels of SNL's personal uh, web series emporium. Yeah, well, I mean, he owns. Yeah, he, he owns, owns Broadway Video, and yeah. as such, also owns this. We we got to go to a party that Above Average held at the Broadway screening room, which is a thirty seat private screening room. It's just a room, and we were told that it is actually owned by uh, Paul Simon and Lauren Michaels. Yeah. Yeah. So we've done a web series. Um, Batman is a Terrible Liar was the first one. Uh-huh. In the first batch, which is of your interests. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we just did Spider-Man Ghost Suburban is the name of the sketch. I can't remember what they named it on the... Yeah, uh, Spider-Man in the Suburbs. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, this sketch was actually a holdover from an all-Marvel sketch show that Brett wrote years ago that we put up at UCB once. Yeah, Matt got to play Spider-Man on stage. Uh, 
was maybe one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me. I uh, swung in, and it I legitimately felt like the we got a really good reaction out of the crowd for that sketch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the entire show went over like gangbusters. It was great. Yeah. Um, who, you also played Human Torch? I did. Drunk, no, drunk I- Storm. I wasn't, I wasn't lit up. Yeah, I yeah. I were taken away. Um, you also played Drunk Iron Man? Yes. I think? Yes. Uh, I put, uh, yeah, I came out with a mustache, I was drunk, and then I passed out on stage. Did you have a Bluetooth as well? I did. Yeah. <laughs> was that it? Or, and you were Spider-Man? A Spider-Man, I was the Human Torch. There was... No, I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it, because there were like seven sketches total. Uh, there was a, there was a Maria Hill runner. Yeah. There was the... Uh, Sp- was it Spider Woman or Tiger Rap? No, Spider Woman. I wrote a rap about Spider Woman. Spider, Spider, Spider Woman was, performed. Uh, there was the uh, the uh, sketch about Thor Loco, the oh. alcoholic uh, mead drink, the mead energy drink. Which you can also hear some of these sketches in the Left Hand Radio um, Tales from the Long Box episode. We turned them into audio sketches. Yes. There's also an, uh, a sketch about the X Men stopping a hostage a juggernaut hostage crisis yes but just getting distracted because they smell weed yeah because someone is in a parking lot smoking i wrote a sketch that i i wrote a sketch for tales from the long box that i would still love to turn into an actual video sketch because most of it would just be like like none of it would need actual video it's uh kind of a send-up of the crossover culture that we were talking about earlier yeah drawing on the barrel of a gun yeah, uh, the the entire issue drawn on the barrel of a gun by Rob Liefeld. <laughs> so go listen to that stuff. Um, yeah. I'm trying to... Oh, uh, and people who are fans of Marvel Comics uh, web series What The will be delighted to see one of our animations. Yeah, the third episode of our second season, as it were, came out last week. Well, two weeks ago, by the time you hear this, and it's called Big Mr. Seven, also written by Brett, mm. and it was animated by our friend, Mr. Alex Kropenak. Ugh. Amazing stop motion that I don't know how he gets emotion out of hard plastic figures. It, it's great. It's 50 it seconds, crazy great. Just incredibly good. I was yeah. blown away by it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I mean, in some ways it's been a productive, productive year. Yeah. Yeah, we're really excited. Uh, we'll make this announcement now, too. We will be at Heroes Con. Yeah. Uh, June 20th through the 22nd. We will be hosting uh, a few panels while we're in town. So if you are in town as well, even if you don't want to say hi, just sneak into the back of the panel room and uh, watch us. Watch us try not to geek over the people that we are going to be interviewing because the list is kind of insane it's a great show if you you should if you are in the charlotte area you should definitely go to the show because it's a great it's a great show yeah. uh great people great show great show great really good show um really, really good show also i i mean let's let's i actually would like to know if anyone that listens to this is going yeah because uh, i still you know it said like we put this out into the void you know yeah. who 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 even listens? Um, so if you've made it this far on the episode, I mean, I, I would encourage people to tweet at us at Brett White at the Matt Little on Twitter and just let us know you're going to Heroes Con. Let's just see if that like let's test the waters. 
Let's see if we get any... Because, I mean, I don't know. The, we could uh, meet up at the, uh, the the bar or something. Say hi. Yeah. We could at least say hi. I assure you I will be drinking at the bar. I... I am trying to figure out what my budget is, because I do at least want to get one commission at every show I go to this year. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what that's going to be, who I'm going to get it from. That's my mission. Nice. Um, so yeah, tweet at us, at Brett White, at the Matt Little, or Facebook.com slash Comics. Let us know if you're going to Heroes Con. Yeah, and while you're there, you can check out some of our back issues. Like the episode where we did talk to uh, TJ about, it was right after Toy Fair. Yeah, right after Toy Fair. Toy Fair. Um, um, that was a lot of fun. You can also, uh, another Transformers fan, speaking of Transformers, Mr. Pat Loika, who we hung out with last year at Heroes Con. Yeah. Uh, check out the episode that we did with him last year where we talked about the entire crossover for Executioner Song. That might be the most volume we've ever covered in an episode. Yeah, we need to do that with someone who was super familiar with comics. Yeah, 12 issues, dump, jumping into the deep end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that, was a, that was a blast, though. Yeah, so com. You can also uh, you can get in touch with us through the Who Loves Comics tab on the website. You know, you can also give us reviews on iTunes, which we love. It helps us out in ways we don't understand, but it does. Yep. Um... You know, you're our best spokespeople, so if you could give, rate it and review us. If you're at the shop and someone's talking about comics culture and they want to listen to a podcast, let them know about us. I think we're fun. We're, we don't bite. And, uh, you know, if you're... Yo, yo, yo. We don't bite, and we also don't bite. Yeah. Because there are two and different negative meanings of bite. Tell everyone that you know. If you're dressed as a clown waiting to scare someone... In On Staten Island? Is that where the clown is? Yeah. The Staten Island Clown. Uh, so Guys, he's, he's, oh man. Google, the show? Google Staten Island Clown. If you don't know what we're talking about, mm-hmm. Google it. Quotation mark, Staten Island Clown, in quotation mark. Google it and get freaked out. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say you're welcome for this one. No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry for this one. <laughs> It's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, as always, thanks to producer Ben, who lives in a lovely place filled with Thai restaurants and yogurt, frozen yogurt places. I keep saying yogurt places, and I feel like a yogurt restaurant would be pretty gross. Like, they only served, like, straight up Yoplait. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chobani. Yeah. Like, that's it. <laughs> gross. I don't know. Like, it doesn't seem as fun as a frozen yogurt. Frozen is the key word. Frozen is the key word. Ben, you are indeed the season one X-Men to our season four X-Men. I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, boy. Let's see how Just that wait. ages. I think, there's, I think that's where the Nightcrawler episode is. Yeah, wait till <laughs> season five, where the last five episodes they gave to a bunch of different animation houses, and it's... Ugh. Nuts. Although Cannonball isn't in one of them. Oh, boy. It's true. Just keep getting off track. Um... So yeah, it's gonna be, you know, summer's starting, we're gonna have some fun. Yeah, 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 fun. It's gonna be fun, guys. Guys, let us know what you're up to this summer. So that we can steal your ideas and do them for ours. For four times as much money, because New York City is expensive. Yeah. This is where my head's at. (laughs) We love you guys. Uh, Until next time. This is Matt. And this is Brett. 
And we love comics. We love uh, cartoons. Cartoons and comics. And heroes. I also watched The World Wars on the History Channel. Yeah. Yeah. Should have brought that up. Make sure money.